Today we discuss taking the Lord's name in vain. What does that look like? Let's go. Hey there, I'm Thomas. And I'm Sam. And this is the Silent Planet Podcast. Today, we talk about taking the Lord's name of it, which I, I assume as much Sam probably did recently this week because he broke his foot. Yeah. Oh, it, it was. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bummed about this also, too, because, yeah. you know, it's I'm, I'm in I'm a pretty uh, uh, what active guy. Mm-hmm. But um, but honestly, what bums me out the most like this is this is problematic for the work that I do. Yeah. Hard to be a martial arts instructor when you have to coach from a chair. I don't do that. But I've had to do that before, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I've had hip stuff. I've had knee stuff. I've, I've had to do this before. And it sucks. Risks of the trade. Yeah, it sucks every time. But but it's not uh, it's not um, a ground that I haven't covered. Um, but but what really, what really bites me right now is that um, that we've got this thing on Sunday where we're kind of sending off um, our, our pastor and bringing in a new one. And so, you know, as elders, we're going to get up there and it's going to kind of be an event and, and they're going to have to pull up a chair for me, or I'm going to have to like crutch my way up there. And that just seems so lame. Mm -hmm. Now, no one else will care about that. But no I do, you know, well, it's one, just lame, could, I mean, man. You could always just kind of get up there, but use like the air cast instead of the boot and then just lean against the side of the stage, maybe. So it doesn't look like it yeah. and around you. I don't know. At I least don't, for pictures. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. The, the, the air cast is less uh, like obvious than the boot. And I probably will do that, honestly, because mm-hmm. I, I can just put that over a sock yeah. and it not be a big deal. Uh, so I probably will do that come Sunday rather than this big old clunky um, boot going up there. But I'll still probably need the crutches to get up there. Yeah. So it's still going to be like, yeah, here he comes. All three all legs, clink, 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 clink. Yeah, working <laughs> my way the up silence. there. Yeah, no, no, needless to say, um, uh, on comment though, in in the way we we tend to use the Lord's name in vain, and other certain expletives sometimes come out when we when we injure ourselves. Um, I don't know that that happened when I injured myself in this instance because I wasn't sure that I had mm. when it initially happened. I was just like, whoa, because I slipped. I slipped in wet grass. That's all, all it did. Ways, I twisted my ankle. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it, it rained a lot that day. That's and my fair. Yeah. My, it's it's a, a fairly steep. And it's not it's not big, but it's a steep slope that my mailbox there over at the uh, karate school sits on. So, yeah, I just slid down the hill, one foot taken off, you know, without the other. And that one just turned funny, yeah. right? Um, which I was probably more like, whoa, just surprised by like the, and I didn't hit the ground mm-hmm. and maybe that would have been better. Honestly, if you know, I just let it all go and wiped out totally and just <laughs> like fell in the wet grass and you know, that, that might have done less damage in this instance. See, I, I broke my growth plate when I was 12 and it was a very similar circumstance. We were playing ultimate Frisbee and instead of, you know, catching one for the team and doing this super sweet, like, you know, 
score or whatever, I was walking to pick up the Frisbee that I'd missed. And in walking, I stepped in a hole and just fell yep. over. Yep. Really yeah. pathetic. But. Yeah. It's, it's uh, one of those questions I'm going to have. Um, there are a few parts within the, the human anatomy. Granted, we're mortal, right? Mm-hmm. We get older. Things get injured easier. And I'm north of 40 now. And several people have reminded me of that, that I'm north of 40, as I have to begin to let them know um, that my foot is actually broken. It's not just twisted. Yeah. But, but even in the process, being like, as last week was closing up and, and I had to make arrangements, you know, for how we're going to do class, at least for a week, maybe. If, if it's just twisted and they were still like, yeah, this is what happens when you're north of 40. Like <laughs> you just get injured more and more, but it, it still seems to me like this will be a conversation probably one day um, that there could have maybe been a stronger design for certain areas of the body. Like the knee knee gets injured pretty easily <laughs> also. And this ankle thing, yeah. it's like, is, is there somewhere in the process uh, as, as God was forming Adam from the dust and, and taking all these complex parts and putting it together, maybe like, was, was there a design somewhere that the, the knee wouldn't break as easily and the ankle wouldn't twist as easily? Cause I feel like it happens a lot, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, incidentally, the the amount of damage that came when when I slipped, I found out this is interesting that um, because I've had so much done anyway on my right leg, that I likely have been compensating. I don't doubt this in in my ankle and probably twisted and injured my ankle several times because the knee injury I had was my right leg. The hip was my right hip. Mm-hmm. Right, this the whole right side leg from hip down has, has been through a lot. It's bionic so, at this yeah, w- point. Well, yeah. And I'm not <laughs> surprised that my ankle compensating for all this trouble has actually twisted several times. Cause as they're looking at these x-rays and they're like, yeah, this one area looks like it's fresh and mm-hmm. injury, but let's look at this. <laughs> Have you injured yourself before? Yeah. And they're looking at an old injury, right, that's healed up. Apparently, the front part of my foot has healed in such a way that there, there uh, is less flexibility when, like, pulling your toes back. The flexion, what they call dorsal flexion, when you pull your toes back that way, mm-hmm. on my right side, it's not flexible enough. Like, it'll go back, but it won't go back as far as it's supposed to. Interesting. Because there's bone spurs or whatever at the front part of the ankle. There's things that you've done over time. You yeah. Realize. And they're from a former injury. So when I jammed my foot that way, had that not been there, then it would have flexed and taken some of that force mm. and absorbed the shock better. And because these bone spurs were there, my, my dorsal flexion in my foot wouldn't go back as far as it needed to. It caused a break instead, right? That's just the medical you know behind all of it that that led to this so yeah no surprise there and um but, but no f-bombs on the way yeah down the hill, that, right? that that being the point yeah what did i say as i actually cussed the mailman because he fell. wouldn't bring it to your door because uh, i have admitted on this before that you know language is something that i struggled with and when i'm caught unawares then that would be one of the things um but i but i think in this instance as i recall i'm more likely to do it when it's like you know just kind of jamming your toe yeah it's it's not much of an injury but it hurts hurts 
Yes. Yeah. Well, in this case, it was an injury, like a real injury, but it didn't. Yeah. It. I got up and I walked off. I got in the car. I drove to church. <laughs> it got worse as the night went on. I left church early. Mary came home, and by the time she came home, when I'd had it up and kind of, you know, resting it and all that, and I'm like, yeah, we need to go get this thing looked at because mm-hmm. it was getting worse as the night went on. So it wasn't one of those like. At, at worst, it was the surprise of my foot slipping out from under me. But I, yeah, I think I just rolled with that, no problem. I think it, what came out was more of a, oh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. You know? Um, so so in, in that instance, it was, it was uh, um, as we have come to find out, the injury was worse than it first appeared to uh, avoid the, the, um, the, the wish to... Ah, <laughs> say what I really think yeah. about all of this yeah. because it is very frustrating for me yeah. to be stuck in this. And when I think about what Sunday is going to look like and this event that's supposed to be very special for Ronnie, and um, and here I come up in these <laughs> stupid crutches. You know, I, I just get you a hover around if you want. It, you and I will probably be at that point the only two, and Mary aware that I'm that self-conscious about the whole process, but I intend to get up there and in that moment, say something very meaningful and valuable, particularly to Ronnie, but also to us as a church body, right? Somehow take what we're all feeling in the sense of here's a man who's devoted 30 years of his life and started this, this church and created a legacy and we, we want to send him off. We want to yeah. send him off in a way that says um, that, that we have honored that, that process. And, and I have a feeling those final words, whoever those final words fall onto or the near to maybe the penultimate person that speaks, because mm-hmm. Carson will probably be the one that closes it, but the penultimate words will need to be powerful. Yeah. And that'll probably fall on me to say something meaningful that w- speaks to all of our hearts in that moment and kind of reaches a conc- a, a fair conclusion. Mm-hmm. And you and I and my wife will know that I'm I'm hopefully in that moment graced with, you know, the right thing to say, but behind all that I'll be thinking I'm standing up here in my stupid crutches are on my boot and this is so lame you know because i meant for that to be a powerful moment at least you uh you were just going to get the mail and slip down but you didn't trip over your dog stupid dog yeah (laughs) i need to get some new sound i've used the same two for like four episodes straight So yeah, I don't I don't think I I let um and and I feel like particularly in in recent months I've tried to be better uh, uh about my use of language on the whole. Yeah. But one of the first ones for me of course that I'm going to um be very um perceptive of is, you know, um y- using uh God's uh, or using God as like the first part of using, you know, the, the D word, yeah. right. Or, or treating the D word like it's God's last name. Yeah. yeah well, and I'm going to be I'll, sensitive to that. We'll break the word down really quick. So I'm not going to say GD. I won't say yeah. it, but I'm going to break it down in, in three different. So when you say something like that, God, right. And then you say, damn, the, the actual word to, to damn something like yeah. to hell. Yeah. Right. And then it follows it. Yeah. What are you, what are you really saying? Are you, are you just mad or are you really, cause that's, that's quite the, uh, 
the proposal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Thomas, because um, that that would mean something. Like yeah. you are, um, <laughs> you, you you could it could go two ways. You could be making a request. Hey, God, on behalf of me, I wish you to send said or so-and-so to hell on my behalf. Yeah. Ooh, that's a pretty bold thing to say, you especially to if you're standing as a believer. Like, yeah, <laughs> take this person or um, it's, it, it, it just as easily can be an inanimate object that's um, um, caused you to to say this and and place it within the uh, eternal punishment of the the fires and the torment of hell. That's the definition of the word, right? Yeah, to, when, to suffer eternally. Yeah. So yeah. so is that what's going on, or even worse, are are you making it an imperative? Ooh, are you saying God, based on who I am and my authority, I'm I'm ordering you to place so-and-so in the eternal punishment, right? That And that's even worse. Because who are really, you? Really bad spot. Like a yeah. really angry, like anger-filled spot to really... Because that's the thing. I, I, I don't think the general consensus is whenever people say GD, like they're actually no. meaning what it really means. But, it, I mean, you don't play with... You know, words. Words have power. Yeah, it is entered our vernacular in such a way, and it's so common that it comes out so easily. And part of that, too, is that we um, uh, are pretty early on, we'll use that idea, and though we may not, you know, actually express it as a curse, uh, it will uh, it'll be tamed to such a way that it's, um, oh, my God, or gosh darn, Right, but if we if we get used to that also as an expression, then in, we've already kind of suscepted our our mind into a realm where that expression can be replaced by something else. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, oh my God, also is in in a way you're you're calling upon God's attention. It's right. better. I'd rather that be what comes out of somebody's mouth, but it's a little problematic also. Yeah. Well, and there's something interesting um, mentally that happens like with your brain, the chemicals and stuff, and I guess endorphin or endorphins and whatever that are released in your brain when you, when you curse, uh, some of them are the same when you punch a wall. Like if you're angry and you punch a wall to relieve some of that frustration, um, certain words, the way you say them with the proper inflection does the same thing to Mm. relieve your stress and your anger. Right. So but does it really help <laughs> well, when you I, I, when you hit the wall? And I've done this, so I understand. Yeah. I've reached that anger point of where um, um, the not wall's ba- the bad yeah, guy not now. this week because I'm better. I'm I'm better this week. <laughs> this but week. Uh, but yeah, this week. Uh, but being that I'm going to be in this boot for a while, then you know you know so we'll talk again in another four or five weeks, and I still have this stupid thing on. I may be like. Uh, ready to punch some walls at that point, but does it really help? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean, the it doesn't. Is, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, but what this ends up leading to is it leads to this behavior of when I get mad. Let's so if I if I get mad and I punch a wall, then it's going to be just as easy to do it next time. Easier yeah. to do it next time. Right? Oh yeah. And so I continue to punch walls. So not only am I scaring my wife, right? I'm I'm damaging my property and like putting <laughs> holes all over the place. I think it does the same kind of thing, you know, mentally to you, you know, when you, when you stub your toe or mm-hmm. when you 
you know, you lose something or whatever and you, and you just start throwing out GD, it's easier next time and next time and next time. And not only are you relieving your frustration in the moment in an unhealthy manner, I'll, I'll add, you're, you're making it easier to do it uh, in the future to make the repeat mistake. And then at the same time, you're setting a pretty poor example as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like, I, I don't, I'll, I'll say, I don't want to call that out. Cause like I, I do it. Like I'm, I cuss, I've, I've said some really bad, even this past Sunday, somebody cut me out. Like I hate drivers that are just so oblivious, <laughs> like they don't know what they're doing. And sometimes I let that affect, you know, my language and what I say in the car and how I drive. Right. But, um, I guess the importance of this discussion is to really discuss like what, what's actually happening when you're saying this, when you're dropping the, the Lord's name in vain like that, why are you doing it? And, and what's the outcome in the future? What's going to end up happening later on down the road? Yeah. And, and, uh, quite honestly, when we, when we entered the discussion of looking at the third, breaking the third commandment and what, what's really happening there, because there's other layers to this. Yeah. This is just the first layer of it. This is actually fairly superficial as far as when it really goes into what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. So normally my mind, when I think of breaking the third commandment, goes to these deeper layers of which I intend to really uh, kind of draw out and and unpack here today. Um, So uh, as we were discussing this, and, you know, Mary was reminding me, this is one of the things she wanted to talk about. Um, If she had not followed up that, hey, do the third commandment, if that's all she had said, I might have forgotten to even bring up the use of um, cursing in that process. Because when I think of breaking the third commandment, I think of it as going much deeper than that. However, this is a layer to it. This is the first layer to it. And this is one that's done all the time and that we do so carelessly and easily, right? Um, We take it for granted because um, there used to be a time when TV sensors were um, sensitive to that. And yeah. they, they wouldn't play that kind of oh, stuff. They've gotten much looser. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I and I've seen it. I can only imagine. I mean, you're not that much. You're not that much older. You're not like ancient or anything like that. But you're older enough, you know, than me to have seen it more so than me. Uh, and I've I've seen I've seen quite a bit. They used to not be able to say um, certain very mild cuss words on the radio and and TV. And they're just dropping them left and right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, um, the use of language has definitely not gone in a direction. Even when you're listening to um, people that are considered uh, voices of our age right now, if you're listening to a podcast of somebody that's you know consi- like uh, for instance, I had seen an awful lot about this guy who could do these you know I guess counseling sessions, Tony Robbins, you know he's big guy i think yeah. like the first place i saw him was actually on that movie shallow Hal. <laughs> yeah actually, right he, he has a little like That's... bit there and i'm like this guy's kind of funny looking like he's huge he looks like arnold schwarzenegger almost because yeah. he's got the frame for it like a lot of bulk i'm like who is he and come to find out no he's actually like this self-help guru guy that people go to and he's really really smart Mm -hmm. and i'm like huh so at some point when i you know actually got to listen to at some point like because they don't put everything he does out it, it costs a lot of money to go see this guy in person yeah that's where he really makes his money 
So his popularity is based on doing these big conferences. So if he puts a lot of materials out there and you can just as easily order a DVD or uh, hear him on a, on a podcast or whatever, doing the same kind of thing he would do in person, then you may not be as likely to go buy a ticket, right? And these tickets are not cheap, mm-hmm. right? He makes a lot of money doing this and he's good at at what he does. But what I was shocked at when I actually saw somebody who they had allowed film a significant section in like a documentary on him of some of the work he does is, wow, he really drops the F-bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I not did not expect that. that. That's yeah. like uh, Gary Vee, though. You, you know Gary Vee at all? He's Mm-mm. kind of an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, same, same kind of thing. In fact, there's some things that he said um, that have really impacted me, but, I mean, he doesn't care dropping the F-bomb left and right. It doesn't bother him at all. In fact, he has several segments where he talks about why he cusses so much, um, which I'm, I'm not going to go into now, but it's, yeah. it's all really interesting. But a lot of motivational speakers seem to carry that in common nowadays. Yeah, that used to be the case. Yeah. Right? Um, if you were going to be taken seriously, but yet you talk that way. Well, there's a certain yeah, dignity yeah, that used to be held. Exactly. Back in, in that time. And you know? and that's gone out the window in a pretty serious way. The uh, the battle for how we use language um, is is one that that's a front that we are that we are losing in a pretty serious way. Um, and if we were going to take that culture back, uh, that would that would be a very very um, steep and long uphill climb at this point. Because that's where we are, culturally speaking, uh, when it comes to language. I can remember um, uh, when I was at U of L doing my undergrad, and my undergrad was actually in performing performance art stuff, so like theater and and doing uh, acting and and in more so directing. As I got to really find my niche there, and that there there being some people who uh, shared both my love of the performance arts, but also that I knew who went to like the Baptist Student Union or the the Coalition of Faith, some of the groups that they had there on on the U of L campus, right? So these are other believers, and and we would have discussions on that because you don't have a lot of control as the performer in the script what it has for you to say right or what it has when you're playing a part you can't necessarily come at that with uh, here are my convictions um and and there are some people who uh have notably done this in in hollywood um but they're not the ones that are making the most money right We, we i looked at them and i'm impressed by um uh like uh jim caviezel and just they're they're yeah but they, you can still find parts where they'll have to use language because they're playing a part that lends to that. But but uh, this some of the people I would talk to, this particular friend had said, I do draw the line at that, though, GD. If it's in the script, I'm going to have a discussion with the director and say, can I just say, leave the G off yeah. in this instance? Well, see, and that's an interesting question. I, ha- I have a, if, a conviction against this. If you're, if one you're performing... Thing. On, in a play or in a movie, I mean, what are you doing? You're you're not really acting off of that impulse to just shout something out because you're mad or or whatever it is. I mean, if you're just acting to perform a part, is that okay? You know what I mean? What to add it to add well, to, have, it? to have no? I'm just saying to have it in there as the character. If it's written into a script and your character that you're playing is supposed to say it, what what's the ultimate problem with saying it? Um, 
not saying that there is or isn't. Oh, are you held accountable when I'm playing devil's yeah, advocate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And and yeah, that that you know again gets into the the slippery slope. Someone with a, a deep conviction be like, no, I'm not going to use any language altogether. You're probably not going to get that part. Yeah, you probably just aren't, regardless of how talented you are, because that's a uh, certain. There's a certain point the director and whatever worldview they hold has chosen that performance piece. And therefore have already signed off probably on the language in it, unless they come at it and say, Hey, we're going to do this particular piece, but we're already making edits to the script. Yeah. Once I've, I've heard people say, you know, when they come out of their movie was excellent, but I mean, they, they cussed so much they didn't have to do all the cussing. Yeah. But, oh yeah. But at the same time though, for me personally, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it. I'm just saying I, as a, an avid film lover and a very very tiny amount filmmaker i've done a little bit here and there of stuff i can at the very least understand and appreciate the value that that does add to certain parts of movies not all like i'm not talking like seth rogan movies where it's an f-bomb every 20 yeah. minutes because honestly when i'm hanging around people like that that are cussing i'm just like i gotta get <laughs> i gotta get out of this this is way too much but like you know if it's a very uh I don't know, intense part or, or whatever, emotional, whatever. And they drop GD or an F bomb or something like that. Um, in times it, it's kind of added value to the story, depending on what angle you're looking. Well, if nothing else, it, what's your audience, yeah. right? Because, um, you, you could probably do that in other ways. 50 years ago. Yeah. 40, 50, 30 years ago and not have to use the swear word, but now we would expect it, right? The The ear would actually be like, something's missing here because we're so used to hearing yeah. it all the time. Again, that this is such a steep uphill battle because of where we've arrived at in our culture mm-hmm. um, that um, you really have to come at it with uh, good for someone who's um, created those convictions that they don't want to use that type of language in their life. But if you really think you're not going to hear that kind of language, then you'd have to completely separate yourself from everyone, right? Yeah. You, you'd have to go start your own commune somewhere. If, if this, here's the commune we're going to have where nobody cusses. That's what it would take yeah. at this point, because if you're going to be in the world at all, you're going to hear those things. Right. And that doesn't mean they're right. That doesn't mean that's good. Um, but that just means you you have to understand that's where we are in our culture, right? And you can't expect that the entire culture is going to conform because that's a major uphill uh, request to make of everybody. The best you can do is with your own life and witness and um, people you interact with and, and, and try to have discussions and conversations where you don't use that kind of language and show people, see, it can be done. And that you know, your while your ear thinks it needs that it doesn't. Yeah. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's not become, it's so much a part of our vocabulary that is to say, it doesn't necessarily help that. Vocabulary. Well, and with, with my previous line of quote, questioning or at least or question that i ra- uh, raised rose oh my gosh man i need to go back to school we raised we it, it. rose <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wasn't necessarily condoning it but i i think it's important to play devil's advocate you can't just say this is bad and this is why it's bad and then that's it you know there's got to be a little bit more depth to it you got to understand why it's bad or or wrong or or maybe look at it from a few different angles yeah um but I know that, like it's it's common nowadays for people to 
to be upset with people that cuss. Yeah. Or take the Lord's name in vain. Like, be upset, like, mad at them. And I, I don't know. For me personally, I, I don't like being around too much cursing. But, I mean, some of my own family cusses here and there. And it's, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have to, I can't allow it you know, in my own life, but also I can't come at it with a finger wag and be like, you should really stop cussing. Yeah. And what's, that, what's the context of uh, who is the person and what's the context in, in which it's, which it's occurring. Right. Yeah. Uh, Usually yeah. with laughter, it, it would laughter be and goofing around. And, and I mean, and that's the thing I'm, I'm not blameless too. Sometimes I do it as well, depending on the right conditions and the right audience or who I'm, who I'm around. I mean, yeah, it tends to come out sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, but it, it would be a lot better if um, all at once we could snap our fingers and everybody's language was just cleaned up. Yeah. Um, we've been watching. Um, I had seen it already, but um, I I was like, Mary, you'll you'll enjoy this particular uh, series on Netflix. She's like, okay, and she trusted me, and sure enough, then we just like binged it in the last three or four days. Mm-hmm. But the good place, have you seen that one yet? No. Oh, you'd like it too. Uh, and, and the premise of the, the good is Kristen Bell, and she's died, and she's now in heaven. But heaven isn't quite working out the way it ought to work out, number one, because she happened to have the same name as someone else who died, and they got her confused. <laughs> so as far as she knows, she's arrived in heaven, and she's taking this other person's spot. And the heaven is kind of orchestrated in such a way that it would be perfect for this other person. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. for her. And oh, by the way, uh, she totally wouldn't have gotten into heaven. <laughs> her behavior was awful. Yeah. But uh, she gets up there and she's trying to use bad language and she's not allowed to. Mm-hmm. So every time she tries to say a bad word, a different word comes out. That's funny. Right. So there's, there's, uh, um, it is not orthodox. By any means, mm-hmm. it's a, a, a look at heaven that is very, very secular, mm-hmm. but um, but it's a very, very funny show. She's excellent in it. She's hilarious. Ted Danson is in this, and it is about the funniest thing I've ever seen him do. Really? Yeah. Uh, he is cracking me up in it. So we, we really, really like it and, and wouldn't like promote that somebody to watch this and take that on as like actual truth or theology. Watch it as a version of entertainment. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if we could snap our fingers and create a society all at once that had to talk the way she does. Right. And every time they attempted to use a swear word, something else came out a different expletive that wasn't a swear word at all. Right. Um, instead of dropping F bombs, they would say fork and that's what <laughs> they do. They say fork every time. Right. If, if we could just snap our fingers and, and, and make that happen uh, all at once, then um, that would be, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, but we can't, right? We well, don't live in that world, and, and these words are used so much. So if you're in a context and people are enjoying themselves or whatever and somebody starts using language that, you know, you take offense to, then if you, if you know them well enough, if you you're, have this intimate relationship where you can do that and come to them and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. And this is a one-on-one, not in front of everybody else. Oh yeah. 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 You don't call them out in front of everybody else. Cause <laughs> then you're just being self-righteous. Yeah. Right. And you start looking like a, um, stuff shirt, self-righteous, 
you know, a turd with a yeah, hat on. It's not okay. <laughs> not okay to behave that way either. But, um, but if this is somebody that you can have a discussion with and do it respectably, just say, Hey, I just wanted you to know that, you know, I, um, it's, it's like nails on a chalkboard. When yeah. I, when I hear those particular words, uh, come out of anyone's mouth, and I want you to know that I'm because I'm sensitive to that and I care about you in our relationship. Just make you aware, even when it's you, man, and I hear you say that it's like those nails on the chalkboard. And just leave it at that. Yeah. You know, and don't have this expectation that, you know, or, or that you're coming at them with. It's not like um, that's not necessarily how I would address it if I found my own kids talking that way. Mm-hmm. Then I have the right to say, uh uh, no, <laughs> you know. But no more our, Fortnite. Our, our attempts as as people who are um, yeah exactly no more Fortnite. Are <laughs> uh, you've been listening to those kids online? You That's know those right. thirteen year olds who are playing their Fortnite are yeah, sometimes the worst like ones. Eight-year-olds, but yeah, yeah eight year olds. <laughs> some of the worst ones at using that kind of language. But um, um, to treat somebody who is a peer as if you are their parent, yeah, is always not going to go over well. Right. Oh, I'm just holding you accountable in love. No, you're not. Yeah, you're being you're being a well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're being a yeah, I don't fill in a, the blank. I don't right? have a bleep button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not okay, right? Yeah. Come at them as an equal, as a as a peer, and say it kind of the way I just kind of outlined. You know, it's like nails on a chalkboard when I hear that. Well, and as much as I like and care and spend time with you even when you talk that way it's nails on a chalkboard i'm just letting you know that's giving you information and and whatever you do with that yeah. i love you and yeah. and we're buds and i'm not judging but just giving you information they'll respect that a it's lot well, more sometimes but then what what in this, the the off situation you, you say that but then it doesn't matter. like i'm not going to censor myself blah 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 well, and if that's the the level of of maturity, then you know it 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 kind of puts where uh, your relationship with them is, and you just gotta cut it. They've got to do them, yeah, right. And that's not that's not excusing that language, but that is to say you're not gonna talk them out of it. It's like arguing on Facebook. You're not gonna yeah, change somebody's yeah, mind on it. Exactly. It's you you've ingrained you've, in who they you've are. You've let them know, right, and. So you've let them know. Maybe it's something you bring up again, but don't bring it up like right away. Yeah. Let it simmer for a while. Let it, you know. But the uh, God's got to work on everybody differently, right? That's all just to say language. Like I said, there's a much deeper direction we can go with this. Yeah. Right? Um, when we really look at the commandment itself. So let's do that. Let's, yeah. Let's actually yeah, yeah. look at this list of 10, right? Um, when we talk about the Decalogue, that's, it's actually 10 words. So when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, um, he did not have these sentences. Uh, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me, right? He could say, you shall have no other gods before me in Hebrew with one word. You can say that with one word, right? So the Decalogue is really a list of 10 words. You shall not plus whatever the, the, uh, the actual object of, of that statement is could all be said in one word, right? Um, but that list of 10, as it starts, you've got 
um, and I'm, I'm looking at it in, it doesn't matter where you look at it, whether it's Deuteronomy or Exodus, but I'm looking at it in Exodus chapter 20, uh, right at the beginning. Um, the first one, you shall have no other gods before me. The second one, you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water or under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love, loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. That's number two. You shall not make your, for yourself an idol. And they, they got one word for all that? Well, they did, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> the word was, you shall not make for yourself an idol. Yeah, yeah, no. Right? I, I was, and then the rest of it's explaining, <laughs> like, okay, what's an idol? <laughs> right? <laughs> We're going to go on. And, yeah, they couldn't do all of that with one word. But they could say, you shall not make for yourself an idol. That yeah. actually couldn't be one word in, in Hebrew. And then the third one in verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord. And again, it's that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It's the actual proper name of God, Yahweh. You shall not take the name of Yahweh, your God, in vain for the Lord, again, Yahweh, will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain, right? So that's the third one. And um, we could keep going because there's 10 of these, right? Yeah. So what you have with this list of 10, 10 commandments here is um, it starts here with this, like um, the, the first and second, you can kind of see a pairing there. You have no other gods and not making for yourself an idol. Mm -hmm. They're the same, but different, right? They're not, they're not exactly the same here. The idea that you've, when you've, created an idol, whether you've carved it out of wood or stone as they would do, or um, maybe in more popular uh, things, something else has taken all your attention away from the devotion you ought to have on God. Maybe it's your job, mm -hmm. right? And you've made an idol out of that, right? What, whatever it is. Um, if, if you've reached the point where you've created something that you're worshiping rather than God, then you've already broken the first one. Yeah. You have another God, right? That sequence continues all the way down. So if you follow this list all the way down to the last one, which is about coveting, uh, not wanting stuff that other people have, right? Something as simple as being jealous of, of somebody having something, a fancy car or whatever, you wish you had that as well. Mm -hmm. And it reaches, that jealousy reaches a point to where you really dislike, actually dislike this person based on the fact, only the fact that they have something that you want, right? That's, that's coveting their stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> that something as easy as that, I would say something as simple as that is still connected all the way to that first one of having no other gods before me. And, and once you have broken that number 10, it works its way back to number one every single time. Every single time you break one of those commandments, and yes, the lower on the list you get, the better off you are. That's not saying much because it's like still down on number five, you shall not kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So let's go all the way down to 10 where it's just a matter of you've reached a point where you've somebody you know has something that you want, that you wish you had, that you feel like you deserve, and because they have it and you don't, it's reached a point where you just really don't like them. You may not even know why, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, if you're honest with yourself, it's no better reason 
right? It's, it's not because they're annoying or it's not because they get on your nerves or it, what, when you really, really are willing to be honest with yourself, it's because they have that thing. They have, they have something that you wanted and, and you believe you should have it, not them. And it's turned into something that is, um, uh, creating friction in the relationship, yeah. right? Um, something is, as as low as that on the list still works its way back to breaking that first commandment to having no other gods, but God alone. Right. Uh, because simply put that jealousy of what they have, where that really stems from, I've already hinted at, it's the idea that you believe in true form of justice. If the world were really just, you would have whatever that is X, Y, or Z because you actually deserve it. And the other person wouldn't, right? If you were in charge, if you were making the rules, ultimately, if you were God and you kick him off the throne and take his place and could correct everything he's done wrong, one of the things you would correct is you would have that thing and that other person wouldn't. Yeah. You've already got there, right? That's the direction this is going. Um, every time. And that's why this specific list of 10 is so perfect and so so unique, Right, and as much as people want to compare it to um, Hammurabi's code of ten and whatever, it's not. Um, the Ten Commandments is unique in such a way when you really look at it. It's like, oh wow, these are these are interconnected. There, there's a relationship going on that doesn't happen in Hammurabi's code. Hammurabi's code is something that, yeah, as a society, uh, if you followed in it's similar, it's a list of about ten to uh, a society can function better if they would follow these rules, mm-hmm. right? But the Ten Commandments aren't just a list of ten things that would fix a lot of problems if people would simply follow them. There's also this uncanny relationship between each one if you really look at them and understand them in such a way that every time you're transgressing any one of them, you're working your way back towards that first one and breaking that first one ultimately, right? So that's the interconnection between the commandments, and we could take one, each one separately, honestly, as a full podcast and kind of look at how each one of them kind of takes you back to number one. We might. But yeah, it it gets to be rather interesting, and that might make for an interesting uh, study. But if we just take the third one today um, and looking at the scope of taking the Lord's name in vain here, what is that on one level, yes, um, uh, using God, connecting the name of God, the proper name of God, with something as frivolous as you stubbed your toe, right? Um, you, you're asking God, and, and we just throw out God, but honestly, it, you can't say God and it not be connected to God in his memorial name in the proper name of God. Yeah. It, it would probably hold more weight if rather than saying, you know, um, um, God and this particular um, uh, thing, whatever it is, be be uh, cast into eternal fire. <laughs> right? Trying not to use the D word. Yeah. If instead you said the proper name of God, Yahweh, cast this into <laughs> right, but it would sound weird. It would strike us as odd because we've kind of truncated that. But when we say God, that's what we mean. We yeah. mean the proper name, the memorial name of God, Yahweh. Right. Um, when you take that memorial name and you tie it to something as frivolous as I bump my toe and and you are commanding upon 
the uh, everlasting immortal God to enact eternal punishment on the object you <laughs> cracked your toe against, that's pretty vain, that's right? Stool. That's pretty <laughs> vain being like uh, taking something that uh, uh, it's just simply not all that important. It's insignificant, right? And you're taking something that is significant, the memorial name of God, and pairing it with something that just simply isn't significant yeah. at all. In fact, has no significance. And when we curse, yeah, on a very real level, that's something that's happening, right? We are taking the memorial name of God, something very precious and and uh, uh, eternal, and connecting it with something stupid, really, really dumb. And if you wait in another five minutes, that ache in your foot will stop, mm-hmm. you know, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For lack of a better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that, that is one, one level of it, but, um, the worst case in this and, and what really strikes me is taking the Lord's name in vain is when we attribute the proper name of God, uh, to something that is actually evil. Or when we take that which is good and connected to the proper name of God and say it is somehow ugly, right, or, or disconnected uh, uh, in such a way when you look at um, something God has ordained as good and you call it ugly. You take something like a marriage between a man and a woman mm-hmm. and that, that is creating a wholesome family there. But because we're so woke today... Um, we look at that and and they'll start to call that ugly. Well, that's just you know the the reminiscent of this patriarchal society that we all right. Immediately, you're starting to call something ugly, which was always beautiful, which was always healthy and wholesome and true, mm-hmm. right? Right. So when we take we we take the Lord's name in vain in a much more serious way. When you take His ordinance and His character and who He is, and you actually drag it through the mud in process, right? So um, in, in Scripture, like when uh, they, they confront Jesus after having done something miraculous, and they say, you are using a power that is definitely supernatural, but it's not actually God. It's Satan that has supplied you the supernatural power to heal these people or to cast out demons. That's what had happened in that particular text. Satan or uh, Jesus casts out demons, and then the Pharisees come and say, uh, "Yeah, you were able to do that. That's definitely supernatural, but we know where you got that power, and it wasn't from God. Yeah. It was from the devil." That is a whole other level of taking the Lord's name in vain. That is a whole other level of taking something that is pure and good and instead inscribing on it something that is evil. And it's deeply connected to one of the other uh, ideas we had talked about um, discussing is that unpardonable sin. Yeah. What, what is it you can do in, in which you, know, you, are, you are officially turning your back forever on, on God and his grace? right? And, and Jesus would say, if you uh, blaspheme the Holy Spirit... Well, it's connected to this idea of taking the Lord's name in vain. If you take the act of the Holy Spirit and the person of who he is and his works and instead attribute that to the works of the devil, which is what they were actively doing, then then you have committed a crime very heinous, almost eternal level heinous that uh, um, you can't really turn turn away from. 
once you're willing to go down that road, right? That's this is a very serious um, uh, accusation to make upon the very name and fabric and character of who God is to say, no, that's not God. That's the devil. That's dangerous. Yeah. Right. That is taking the Lord's name in vain in a a very serious way. And pretty quickly, again, you're headed towards uh, casting an idol in that sense, because you have, uh, you have claimed then that God, Yahweh, the proper um, creator of the heavens and the earth is in fact the idol, not, um, um, and, and that, uh, the devil is in fact the creator of the heavens, and the earth, you've allowed them to switch places and then you have set up another God in his place. Right? So th- this one very, very quickly, uh, this particular commandment very, very quickly heads towards breaking the other two that are before it. Um, you cannot, and that's not to say you simply use God in a way that's vain, right? Gosh darn, mm. right? Um, that's one level of taking the Lord's name in vain. I don't know that that has taken you to the second and first commandment also. But if you really look at what's behind taking God and pairing his name with something that is trivial, if you really explore that, and meditate on that, and theologically consider the ramifications of that, then the long-term result of that is breaking that second and first commandment, right? And that's the that's where we get into more dangerous area there. Yeah. So um, that's that's a, a a more thorough look, I think, of that that uh, that third commandment and and how um, serious even Jesus took that because he was called on it. At that point, it happened right in front of him, face to face, not behind his back. Someone came to him and said, you have just cast out demons and you've done it through the prince of demons. Ooh, that's awful. (laughs) You know, that's not, that's that, that had to be a moment that, uh, uh, there are several times within the witness of Jesus. Boy, I wish I could have just been in, in the room. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, um, reminded because we just saw recently since it's on Disney Plus Hamilton mm-hmm. and there's that song that one guy sings of the, if you could be the guy in the room yeah. where all the decisions are really happening that's how I feel if, if I could have been the guy in the room just watching Jesus do his ministry I get that excited about they're talking about like been the guy in the room when like the declaration of independence is being written and uh, these political ideas are, I'm not so much, I'd probably fall asleep, but (laughs) (laughs) even though, you know, it's like founding father's stuff, that's highly interesting, but, but compared to if I could have been in the room and, and witnessed some of the ministry moments of, of Jesus in his lifetime, but this might have been one I'm not so sure that I felt very comfortable being in. Yeah. To witness somebody actually approach Jesus and say, you cast out demons by the prince of demons. I think I'm going to take a bathroom break on this. Yeah. Because this is not going to be pretty. What he has to say in response to this, um, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Because they've just done something really, really, really offensive to the spirit of God. And they have taken the very name, his proper memorial beautiful name and attribute it to about the ugliest thing you can attribute it to. So whether we attribute the beautiful name of God to something trivial, vain, something you're going to forget about in a few minutes when the ache in your toe stops, (laughs) 
or whether we attribute it to that which is the prince of demons here. We, in, in both cases, there's, there's something, something um, um, bad has happened. Something dark has taken place. One being much more dark than the other, right? Because we as believers could easily um, damage the first without necessarily headed towards uh, that second offense yeah. where you're attributing the name of God to the work of the devil, Right. But that, that's really what it means. Um, so, yeah, it's good to be sensitive to when you hear God and the use of God's name being attributed to something light and trivial. If you're sensitive to that, and, and Mary is, and I appreciate that because I'm not. I'm not as sensitive to that. Same. Yeah. You know, we could be listening to whatever and watching the show and she'd be coming down. What is all this language in, in, in this, I'm, I, I hope I'm getting better about that. Cause I'm trying to in my own life, Yeah, but, um, she'll pick it up way before I will. Yeah. And hear it from across the house. Cause she's so sensitive to that stuff. I think that's wonderful because if you're sensitive on that level, then you're, you're much more safe from ever reaching that place where you would attribute the beautiful name of God to something wicked, truly wicked, truly malicious, truly evil. Yeah. Right. Um, but but the two are interconnected, and and so there's a danger there of even attributing God's name to something something as as trivial as Ermagerd. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we laugh about that. That's funny. It's funny because it's become part of our 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 discussion. But but think about where that really leads to. What yeah. what's what's behind that? And and if that force, that mind, that evil mind, that's behind a culture that can so easily use God in, in a simple way, in a trivial way, um, wh- whatever that mind is. And, and even if we're not reaching that point of where we would, we would uh, uh, call the work of God the devil himself, even if he only convinces all of our culture to just simply use God's name in a trivial way, he's won a pretty serious uh, line there in the sand, Yeah, right? He's, he's won a battle, that that's going to be hard to get back. And yet here we are, we find ourselves, he's won that battle. And, and we've got this steep hill to climb. If we were going to win back language in our culture today, hopefully not steep enough that you slide down and break your foot. Yes. (laughs) Be careful of the rain and watch your footing. Yeah. Well, this is a good place to close. I'll, uh, I'll kind of end it with this. Look, I mean, if you think it's just words, it's, it's not always that simple. You know, I've heard a lot of Christians say, oh, that's just words. God knows my heart. Yeah, but think about this. When The next time you say, oh, my God, right, think about how often are you praying and reading your Bible, and is that just confirming how unimportant God is to you, that you just friendly throw his name around, and you don't even read the Bible as often as you should? No, no, no I'm not. This. Don't take it the wrong way. I'm not judging because I'm not perfect at it either. I'm just saying, does it not? you know, confirm in our own hearts, if we think about it the right way, how, how useless it is to say God's name, how yeah. worthless it is. It's, it's just, you know, I don't know. Just yeah. Yeah. Final yeah. thoughts on that. It's, it's, um, um, meditate on the fact that we have God's memorial name. And while we just say God, right. It's like the fact that I can sit here and have a conversation with you, Thomas, mm-hmm. and I can say your name, Thomas, because we have this friendship 
we have this relationship. I, I know your name, you know my name, and that gives us a certain familiarity here. Even though it's the first thing we generally give somebody else when, you know, you meet them, the reason you do that isn't just simply to for nicety's sake. It's because um, the, the idea that you give someone your name is that you're establishing a place where the two of you will have relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's just simply saying, hi, my name is... Um, you are giving them, so you're saying, I wish to have a relationship with you. God's given us his personal name here. And for us to just take it and throw yeah, it for us even to, for us to just not you consider know? when we're saying things like, um, oh my God, or Ermagerd, or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever the that meme he, of the day is. You, you have lost sight of the fact that he's given you his, his personal name, so that you can come to him in such a way, just like I talk to you or I would talk to anybody else and call them by their first name, yeah. right? He wants to know us that well. And that's something that's something beautiful and unique and relational, right? And, and you, we start to lose that if we start to just kind of throw. Same thing with the power of the word of like love, to love somebody. And, and people know this. They'll even say, you know, I don't want to say I love you too early in a relationship. Yeah. I want it to mean something when I say that. Well, that's, that's good. It's good that it will mean something because that's a powerful word. The name of God is powerful. And, and it would be great if we as a society could win that back. But again, that won't be easily done just because of where we are. I guess the first place to start is in your own language yeah. and try and fix that. So. Well, and it's not it's not exactly um, encouraging or or you know I guess strengthening in, in your relationship with God when the only time you really say His name is you know when your wife tells you you need to take the trash and you say oh my God yeah yeah that. exactly like, it's yeah anyways so um, that'll that'll conclude the episode uh, once again I'm Thomas and I'm Sam and this has been the Silent Planet podcast uh, check us out we are on Facebook um, just like our Facebook page if you enjoy the podcast and yeah. um, all the others Spotify and 10,000 places no it's, not 10, <laughs> it's eight it's eight I, eight. I refuse eight. to recite them again you know them <laughs> if you follow us you'll find them so uh, thanks for tuning in and we will catch you all next week <laughs>